very familiar scripture that says, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Isaiah 49 and 15 says this, Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. I will not forget you. Now the term mother, I want you to understand this morning, means more than just somebody serving as a parent. He said, Pastor, what are you talking about? The, the common fallacy that we, that we look at today among women is that simply having children makes you a mother, and that's not true. It's not true. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because we have millions upon millions of babies aborted every year. So just being able to have a child does not mean that you're a mother. There's, there's something else going on there. Uh, it's because it takes a special kind of woman to be what the Bible defines as a mother. The biblical word translated mother in the Hebrew is a word that's just simply spelled A-M-E. It's pronounced this way, ame. Everybody say that with me, ame. Ame. That's a Hebrew word for mother. This is what this word literally means. It means the bond of the family. It's the glue, in other words, that keeps the family together. It's the bond of the family. Now, I want to tell you, whether you agree with it or not, I, I probably can honestly say this morning that if it wasn't for the mothers, families would be in trouble today. You know what I'm talking about. Families, dads ain't going to do it. They're just not going to do it. Now, we'll get on Father's Day in a few weeks, but, but moms is, is the individual that keeps the family together. It's a, it's a force that strengthens and, and holds things together. I think we've got to confess that mom is really the glue, in other words, that holds us together. It's without question that mothers are a very, very special gift from the Lord. We do well in recognizing that early on if we, if we can. As a matter of fact, some of the most famous American leaders recognize the value of their mothers. George Washington, for instance, said this, My mother was the most beautiful woman I ever saw. All I am, I owe to my mother. I attribute all my success in life to the moral, the intellectual, and the physical education I received from her. William McKinley said this of his mother, By the blessings of heaven, I mean to live and die, please God, in the faith of my mother. Former President Reagan said this, From my mother I learned the value of prayer, how to have dreams, and believe I can make them come true. George W. Bush said this, Mothers are central to the success of the American family. Their love, their dedication, their wisdom touch countless lives every day in every community throughout the land. And their love and their guidance of children help to develop healthy and spiritual sound families. John Quincy Adams said, All that I am, my mother made me. And then President Abraham Lincoln believed that all that I am or hope to be, I owe to my angel mother, he said. I remember my mother's prayers, and they have always followed me. They have clung to me all of my life. And probably these statements are just as true for the millions of Americans today who credit their mothers for helping them successfully shape their lives. And so this morning as we celebrate moms, I want to point out some things and some qualities that make moms special according to the scriptures that we looked at and according to what we know to be true. Mothers are special because the first thing is this. <clears throat> they show warmth to their children. They show warmth to the children. I don't know about you, but when I was growing up and I got bruised up 
or I got cut or I got fell down and I scraped my knee, I don't remember ever running to my father. Because probably father would say something like this, you'll be all right. How many knows that's to be... You're going to be all right. Just brush yourself off. You're going to be okay. But moms, I don't care how small the scar or the scratch was. They'd take you up in her arms and she'd rub, you know, clean you up and she'd love on you a little bit. She'd go get a Band-Aid and, and she'd put, you know, a peroxide and whatever else on that little scar. And she'd put that Band-Aid on there. And, and to you, it was a huge cut. It would have probably been nothing. But mamas, boy, they make you feel special, don't they? So they show a warmth to their children. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says this, Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It is not puffed up. Does not behave itself unseemingly. It seeketh not her own. It is not easily provoked. It thinks no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. And it endures all things. Mothers show a, a, just a special kind of warmth to their children. How many knows that a mother always protects her child no matter what? I mean, you can, you know, mamas can say whatever they want to about their kids, but you better not say nothing about them. I don't care how good they are. I don't care how bad they are. You better not say nothing because they're going to claw your eyes out. There's just something special about a mama's love about that child. In 1 Kings chapter 3, there's a story of Solomon that when he was asking God for wisdom, and I want to read a, a portion of the scripture and, and, and tell you what I'm talking about, about, about protecting your child. In, in, in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5, the Bible says that Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask, what shall I give you? Solomon said, you have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. <clears throat> you have continued this great kindness for him. And you have given him a son to sit on his throne. And as to this day, now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David. But I am a little child, and I do not know how to go out or to come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people, whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people? The speech pleased the Lord, the Bible said, that Solomon asked for. Then God said to him, Because you've asked this thing, and have not asked a long life for yourself, or not asked for riches of yourself, nor asked of life of your enemies, <coughs> and have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice, behold, I have done according to your work. See, I have given you wise and an understanding heart. So that there has not been anyone like you before, or there shall not be anyone like you that arise up after you. And I have also given you what you have not asked for both riches and honor, so that there will be not anyone like you among the kings of your days. So if you walk in my ways and keep my statutes and my commandments, and your fa as your father David walked, I will lengthen your days." When you go on down in that verse concerning the conversation between God and Solomon, in verse 23, or verse 23, the Bible says, Then they said to the king, the one saith, that my son that liveth, he asked for wisdom, and then he's presented this, this situation. This is my son that liveth, and thy son is dead. And the other said, Nay, but thy son is dead, and my son is living. 
Two mamas come before King Solomon. And king said, bring me a sword. And they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, divide the living child in two. And give half to the one and half to the other. Then spake the woman whose the living child was unto the king. For her bowels yearned upon her son. And she said, oh my lord, give her the living child and in no wise slay it. But the other one said, let it be neither mine nor thine, but divide it. And the king answered and said this, give her the living child and in no wise slay it. She is the mother thereof. In other words, this real mother was so much in love with this child that she was willing to protect this child. She was willing to give this child away to this other woman since so the, so the king would not slay the child. Talk about a mother that always protects her child. I want to tell you something. Unless a mother is highly abnormal, she has a natural God-given love for her children. That love often moves her into do some pretty heroic things in order to protect those children. As I said, you may she may can say whatever they want to, but you better not say nothing about that child because that's that mama's baby. Amen. Little story I read several several months ago that says this about six o'clock a.m. on one Wednesday morning. Law, uh, James Lawson of Running Springs, California, in the San Bernardino Mountains, left home early to apply for a job. About an hour later, his 36-year-old wife, Patsy, left for her fifth-grade teaching job down the mountain to, in Riverside, accompanied by her two children, a five-year-old Susan and two-year-old Gerald, to be dropped off at the babysitter's. Unfortunately, they never got, this is a true story, they never got that far. Eight and a half hours later, the man found his wife and his daughter dead in the wrecked car, upside down in a cold mountain stream. His two-year-old son was just barely alive in the 48-degree water. But in the death, the character of a mama, the character of a mother, was revealed in the most dramatic and a heart-rendering way. For when the father scrambled down the cliff to see uh, uh, sure of the crisis of his dying wife, he found her locked in death, holding the little boy's head just above the water in the submerged car. For eight and a half hours, Patty Lawson held her beloved toddler afloat and finally died. Her body almost frozen in death in that position, giving self-love. Holding her baby up to breathe, she died that another might live. That is the essence of a mother's love. And I dare say that probably every mother in here, you'd probably do the same thing because there's just something God-given, there's something supernatural about the way you feel and the way you sense concerning your children. Matter of fact, somebody said this, a mother is a person who sees that there's only four pieces of pie for five people. And she announced, I don't really care for that pie anyway. I don't really care for it. I mean, moms will go without unless, if they can feed their children. They'll, they'll do without. They'll do whatever they need to do in order to take those children uh, and, 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 take, and make sure those children are taken care of. So a mother's love always provides for her children. A mother's love always protects her children. But the third thing is this. A mother's love always pities her child. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 22, the Bible says, Behold, Behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But, get, but I want you to understand the scripture. She's talking to the Lord. She's talking to Jesus. But verse 23 said this, But he answered her not 
a word. She came to him. She came to him begging, so to speak. She came to him wanting something done to this daughter. She, 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 she came just, just wanting something healed, this daughter to be healed. She was vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth out after us. But he answered and said, I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she came back, verse 25 says, and began to worship him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs. Now watch the faith. And she said, That's true, Lord. Yet the dogs eat the crumbs that fall off the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Now I'm going to point something out to us this morning. If that would have happened to you and I this morning in 2015, nine times out of ten when we would go to the master and we would petition him, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil and and if he would not answer us and if he turned his head from us, it would tick us off, number one. Say, Pastor, this is Mother's Day. Don't get too rough with us this morning. Just want to show us where we are today. And instead of going back and asking him again and begin to worship him, we would turn around and leave nine times out of ten if we're not careful. But what the Lord is trying to tell us today, hey, look, just because you don't get the answer when you want it, and just because you don't get the answer that you think you need or deserve, I'm going to give you an answer if you'll just worship me and follow after me the way that the Scripture tells you to. Amen. And we got to trust that the Lord knows best about us. Amen. A mama knows her children. She knows their strengths. She knows the weaknesses. She knows when the children have a problem. I don't know how they know it, but mamas know these things. If they can fix it, they will. If it means doing it themselves, they'll do it. Mama just knows these things. You've heard me tell story after story about my mom. When I was growing up and I was dating these girls and I would, and I would bring these girls and I would introduce them to mama. And, and after these girls would leave, mama said, you need, to, you need to quit dating that girl. I said, mama, you just met this girl. She ain't a good one. You don't know this girl. I know that girl. Mama, and she was right. She knew these things. And I would come home. Where have you been? Well, I've been to such a place. No, you hadn't. You've been over here. How do you know these things? And I don't know if you believe it or not, but a woman has sort of an intuition sort of thing that, that I really believe is a God-given thing that, that man does not have. I'm sorry, guys. We don't have it. Matter of fact, we can't buy it. Matter of fact, we can't work hard enough to get it. It's just given to a mama. Amen. Mothers have this, this, this gift that God has placed within them. Amen. Mamas know their children. The question is simply this. Somebody asked ask, uh, ask, uh, somebody one time talk about Thomas Edison. He said, who is greater, Thomas Edison or his mama? Who's greater, Thomas Edison or his mama? When he had this young lad, the teacher sent him home with a note and said, your child is dumb. Talking about Thomas Edison. Your child is dumb. We can't do anything with him. Miss Edison wrote back and said, you just don't understand, my boy. I'll teach him myself. And she did, and we know the results of, of what happened. Amen. And so mamas know their children. The second thing I want to point out to you this morning is this. A mother will always, always wants the best for her kids. Mamas always wants the best for her children. Matthew chapter 20, very uh, humorous somewhat when you look at it, Scripture But a very familiar scripture in verse 20, the Bible says, Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshiping him, talking about Jesus, and desiring a certain thing from him. And he said unto this mother, What do you want? In other words, what will thou, what what do you want? She said unto him, Lord, I want you to grant these my two sons to sit one on the right hand of you 
and one on the left hand when you come into your kingdom. Now, you got to understand, that's a mama's love. That's a mama's concern. She wants the best for her kids. At that, that particular moment, that mama thought the best for her youngest was one to sit on the right hand and one to sit on the left hand. Now, sometimes mamas may take it a little too far because I sort of would like to sit on the right or the left hand. How about you? And so this mama, though, she, 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 didn't, she wasn't concerned about what she was wanting to ask. She just went to the master and said, Lord, I, I just want you to allow my son to so sit on the right and one sit on the left. Sometimes mama takes it a little too far, but you've got to give them credit for good intentions. They wanted the best for their children. It's sort of like we are today as moms. Sometimes we, we take it a little too far with our kids at times. You might as well say amen because you know I'm telling you the truth. We take it a little too far sometimes, but the truth is you really do want the best for your children. A mother, as an example, an illustration, a mother was, uh, was concerned about her son, her only son, going off to college one day. So she wrote the following letter to, her, to the college president. And she says, Dear sir, my son has been accepted for admission to your college. And soon he'll be leaving me, and I'm writing to ask you to give personal attention to the, to the, to the selection of his roommate. I want to be sure that his roommate is not the kind of person who uses foul language. I don't want his roommate to be the kind of person to tell off-color jokes. I don't want his roommate to be a person that smokes or drinks or chases after the girls. I hope you understand why I'm appealing to you directly. You see, this is the first time my son will be away from home except for his first three years when he went to the Marine Corps. Sometimes we take it a little far, but we have good intentions for our children. We want the best for our children. So a mother always wants the best for the kids. Third thing is this. A godly mother will show their children. And I want you to listen to this part right here. And I want to say this up front, that I appreciate all you children, you grandchildren, honoring your mother or your grandmother today by coming to church with them. Matter of fact, you need to honor them every Sunday by coming to church with them if you don't have a home church. Amen. But a, a godly mother will show their children how to worship. A godly mother will show their children how to worship. Proverbs 22 and 6 says this, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. 2 Timothy 1 and 5 says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded that it is also in you as well. 2 Timothy 3 and 14 says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith that is in Jesus Christ. This is the thing I want you to understand. Timothy, this young man Timothy that Paul was talking about, this young man Timothy learned about salvation. He learned about living for God from a godly mama. He learned about service of God from his grandmother as well. Mom, do not neglect your children's spiritual life when it comes to training. Don't neglect your children when it comes to their spiritual training. Your influence is greater than you imagine. It's greater than you imagine. Now, I know we live in a world today, and we live in a culture today where mamas are putting their children in, 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 in trash dumps and in garbage cans, and, and we're aborting our, our babies. We're living in a culture today where we don't think there's nothing wrong with that wet thing, but I'm going to tell you, we're going to stand before God one day. We're going to give an account of every, every baby that we've murdered, every child that we've left undone. We're going to give an account. We're going to give an account to those children. 
We're going to give an account and we're going to stand before the Lord. And mamas, you have a great influence upon your life, more though, more so than you, you realize you do. Oh, I understand that you may get into discussion every day with your teenage daughter or your teenage son. I understand that there may be some disagreements, but I want to tell you, when, when the rubber meets the road, they're always going to look to you. They're going to look to you. They're going to understand if what you do and what you say, if it's acceptable or not. They're looking to you. They're looking to you. So Timothy learned these things. Sir Winston Churchill said this, if we want to change our nation, we got to change it by enlisting all the mothers. we got to change it by enlisting all the mothers. And the story really is true. It illustrates how loudly a, Christian's, a Christian mother's life speaks to her children. The story I come across several weeks ago that I, was so interesting to me that, that I just I read it and I studied and went, on, went online and did some more study on this guy by the name of Robert Ingerstall. You may, I don't know if you know this guy or not, but in the early 1800s, this guy was born. This guy grew up, his father was a Baptist minister. This guy's father even served with Charles Finney. This guy's father even preached with the same buildings that Charles Finney preached in. As a matter of fact, he pastored the same church Charles Finney pastored when Charles Finney went over to England to do great revivals, and he pastored that church. And when he came back, he was co-pastor of this church, this guy, Robert Ingersoll. But this guy's father was so tough and so strict concerning biblical things and concerning relationship with God that it turned this guy on a negative, a negative thought process. And this guy grew up to be what they called a notorious skeptic in the early 1800s. A notorious skeptic. He grew up to be a great speaker. He grew up to be a great thinker of his day. He grew up to be a great lawyer of his day, a Civil War veteran, a political leader, an orator of the United States during the golden age of free thought. He was noted for his broad range of thinking and his culture and his defense of agnosticism. Matter of fact, he was nicknamed the Great Agnostic. The Great Agnostic, it was, that was his heyday. But when two college students went to hear him speak one day at a lecture, and as they walked down the street after his lecture, one of them said to the other, well, I guess he knocked the props out from under Christianity, didn't he? The other guy thought about what he said, and he answered this guy. said, no, I don't think he did. Because this guy Ingersoll, he did not explain my mother's life. And until he can explain my mother's life, I'll stand by my mama's God. Mamas, whether you believe it or not, you're a great influence to your children. Be it good or be it bad. You're a great influence to your kids. So what, what is your life teaching your children today? What is your life teaching your children? They're watching you. There's a little poem that says this, a careful mother I ought to be. A little one is following me. I do not dare to go astray. For fear she'll go the self-same way. I cannot once escape her eyes. Whatever she sees me do, she tries. Like me, she says she's going to be that little one who follows me. She thinks that I am good and fine, believes in every word of mine. The base in me she must not see, the little one who follows me. I must remember as I go through summer's sun and winter's snow. I am building for years to be that little one who follows me. Moms are special. Moms are special and they're strong today. Moms are special because a mother shows warmth to their children. Moms are special today because a mother always wants the best for her children. Moms are special today because a godly mother will always show their children how to worship in the best, the best places and, and how, to, how to serve their God. 
those of you that's been attending our services for the last few weeks, you know that I've been doing a series on revelations, and I sort of side sideline that a little bit today being Mother's Day. But I want to remind you of something. The next church that we'll be studying is called the Church of Pergamon. When I got to studying that church, and I just want to point this out to us today concerning moms and also how special and how, how your children watch you today. The Church of Pergamon God spoke to. And before, I don't want to give all my message, but, but the Lord spoke to this, this church and said, Look, I know your works. He basically told the other two churches, I know your works. You're doing some good stuff. But in this particular city, they had four pagan temples in this city. And people began to serve these pagan temples. And in this particular city, idol worship and all kinds of things that was going on in this city. And the Lord said, I'm fixing to tell you what's fixing to happen. If some of these things doesn't stop, I'm going to withdraw my hand. And I'm going to allow the enemy to come and take you out, in other words. After I got through studying that, Dad was telling me about this as well, but I saw it, but I didn't, I didn't watch it, but I watched it since there's a guy by the name of Jonathan Kahn. Some of you know Jonathan Kahn. He wrote the, the book, The Harbinger. Did some of y'all hear his speech just, just last week that he gave the members of Congress, some of the members of Congress, and he stood up and began to speak concerning the moral culture of our land today. And he spoke about 10 minutes, I just, I'm just, just hard hitting of what he was telling these members of Congress and the press and whoever else was there in that room about our culture and where we have, where we have got to today. But this not only involves our moms, but it involves our dads as well. Listen to me, church. If we want to save our, our culture today, if we want morals back in our schools today and back in our homes today, it's got to start with moms and dads today. The schools is not going to do it for you. Government's not going to do it for you. Moms and dads has to step up and take their place and being a godly parent that God has called them to be. And just like this city, this church of Pergamon, where God says, I'm going to withdraw my hand. God, Jonathan told, told his members of Congress, and is speaking to the president as well, you have done, he said, you have placed your hand on the Bible. You've placed your hand on the Bible and you have swore to uphold all the laws, all the things of this, of this nation. You have put your hand up on God's word, but yet you're not following what the word of God has to say. Say, so, Pastor, why are you telling us this this morning? It's so strongly in my spirit today that if we want our children to be the kind of children that we want them to be, we've got to follow what the book says. If we want our children to be upright if we want our children to be godly mamas and daddies when they grow up, we've got to follow what the book says. Now, you don't have to hear anything else I've said today, but hear this. God's word is quick and it's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And you may think that you're sitting here today under the sound of my voice and everything is going to be okay. And preacher, I'm young and I'm this and I'm that and I've got so many more years left. But I want to tell you something. No, you don't. The time is short. The time is short and we've got to follow what the Lord and what His Word is telling us to follow. No, you don't have to, you don't have to worship God like me. You don't have to dress like me. You don't have to be anything like me or, or anybody else. But you do have to follow the Word of God. Amen. You do have to line yourself up with what the Lord is saying. I want the musicians, if they will, to come real quickly, please, and begin to play something soft. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes just while you're sitting there. And I want to ask you this morning, we're going to have prayer for the moms, but before we do that this morning, I want to ask you, is everything okay between you and the Lord today? Is everything okay between you and the Lord today? With all, with all heads bowed and eyes closed, and as they're getting ready to play, I want to ask you, mamas, I want to ask you, moms, 
Is there anything in your life that you need to change today before you leave this service? For that matter, anybody else in this house? I know it's Mother's Day, but for anybody else in this house, is there anything in your heart today that you need to change before you leave this service? The Lord told the church of Pergamum, I'm going to withdraw my hand. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read that in Revelations, I began to pray, Lord, don't withdraw your hand from me. Because you do understand that once he does that, once he withdraws his hand from you of protection and him watching over you, he leaves you open to everything that this world and the enemy has to bring. The word also says the enemy doesn't like you. He's out to rob, steal, kill, and destroy you. So if the hand of God is removed from me, I'm open. I'm open to his fiery darts. I'm open to all the stuff that he wants to put my way. I want you to think about it just a second. Is there anything in your heart that you need to change? Not only for your sake, but for your children's sake. Do you want to change anything today before you leave? Do you want to make things right? Do you want to give your heart to the Lord? Do you want to rekindle your relationship with Him this morning before you leave? Father, as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, and I know, God, you're speaking to hearts and lives in this house today. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, that you would do your work like nobody else can do. Go in to that heart. Compel them, O God.